Hello everyone, welcome to You Are Loved in Christ. Today's topic, the art of color and prejudice. Lately, I have been noticing with the wearing of colors and the presentation of colors and even in different platforms that there has been a positive presentation of colors, but there has also been a negative presentation of colors, which can be impactful to how communities are thriving and connecting with one another. One purpose of the You Are Loved in Christ platform is to teach individuals how to communicate and churches and other communities to communicate with neighboring communities who are different and who are different in religion, ethnicity, or heritage than their own. Social psychologists are brought in, of which I'm trained in that, with a Bachelor of Science in Behavioral Science and Ethics, a Master of Science in Social Psychology, and on to doctoral doctorates in Social Psychology and Neuroscience. We are trained to come in to help platforms such as commercials and movies and facilities such as mental health facilities and also education departments to be able to present colors to edify or to garner individuals to be drawn to certain platforms for certain reasons in order to help them in every area of their life or whatever in every area of their life and in connection with community that may be able to relate with them. So that is fine as far as using colors to garner individuals or to gain communities or an individual's attention in order for advertisement or marketing or even for mental health awareness, educational awareness and opportunities and for entertainment as far as commercials and theater and art, the arts, and also movies. That is fine. And it is okay to support personal beliefs, but only if you're going to be able to support in solidarity of beliefs ethically, gracefully, and respectfully as not to harm the well-being of others who are already wounded or impressionable. And I, I'm going to give the example of youth. In elementary school. I thought about this. And I put myself in a place of youth. And even as an adult. I can see some things happening. But first I'm going to give this example. And go on to the other examples. There are teachers. Who set up their classrooms. With different colors. Even for desks. There's, all, there's also where children. Pick out different colors of paint and crayons to use. And if they are actually inside of their classroom, whether that child may be Caucasian, African-American, American Indian, Asian, from India, from Africa, that child may be in their family they may have orange or turquoise that they wear and they support. And it's okay to support political beliefs. But when it starts to harm, 
we're dealing with a, another level. So it's okay to quietly put on up, put on different colors and support different beliefs and support uh, different views. And I like that, that they were able to do that. But when it gets to be out of control to where it's affecting young people and oppressionable people who have not been healed of pre prejudices, such as some adults, then there's an issue and a problem with that. So, for example, if one of those children have, oh, likes purple or lavender or pink, and then another child likes family, likes orange and turquoise, where they are now going past personal aspects, even from politics, and if are projecting this in their home, that child may be feeling like, well, if I pick orange or if a Caucasian child's favorite color is orange, and they say, oh, I like orange. That's my favorite color. Or even if an African-American child or a child from Africa or from India says, oh, or from a Latin, Latino nation, oh, I really like lavender or purple. I want to choose that. That child may be feeling as though, well, if I choose that, does that mean I can be a part? Does that mean I'm not part of their group or their clique? Or a part of my, or a part of my group or my clique? Because of that, that's what that's the harm in this. It's creating cliques and groups and prejudices. I witnessed watching social media and news with adults who were attacking one another because some had on orange and turquoise and some had on purple. That's sad. Some had on lavender. Different rallies for Democrats and Republicans. People at, the, people at the rallies were fighting each other. And I'm not making this podcast about any political stance. I'm making it about there should not be cliques or groups or prejudices involved in colors. It is okay to support personal beliefs, but only if you're going to be able to support in solidarity of beliefs ethically, Gracefully and respectfully is not to harm the well-being of others who are already wounded or impressionable. Some individuals are using prejudice tactics even under the disguise of colors. Even more factual, we as a people and as a world have not fully healed from prejudices of difference of color, ethnicity, or differences of culture. How much more so to implicate colors of art as a tactic to impose prejudices? even deeper into the hearts of individuals, people, communities, and the world. Let me just say this in case some are not aware. Caucasian, Indian, American Indian, Asian, African, African American, Latino, all own slaves. That's a proven fact in history. All of them owned slaves. It was never about color or ethnicity if you could own a slave. It was always about economics and always about finances. If you were wealthy, you could own a slave. And some of them owned slaves of their own culture. That's a fact, so let the healing begin. I'm not saying that that's going to take care of all areas of healing because there are some deep wounds and there are just some people who want to continue 
divulging in strife. But we as teachers, psychologists, psychiatrists, health providers, and counselors in the American Psychological Association Handbook, we take an oath that anything harmful to individuals' well-being or growth, we will not implement. We will stop it. Anything harmful to individuals, communities, or the world's well-being of holistic growth should not be used. Creating cliques and prejudice through the art of color is harmful. So basically, subliminal and nonchalant-wise, individuals who are social workers, teachers, and psychologists whom have experienced prejudice or have been wounded by prejudice are teaching children, youth, and wounded adults the art of conflict and prejudice all in the disguise of art colors at this point. This is even to the point where this is not even helping gang groups. We all know how children are in high school and middle school with their gangs, even in some early years of college. How's that helping them? You're teaching them how, we're te that means that individuals are teaching them how to be more territorial. Not so. This ministry will not condone that or do that. I've even seen that with some adult shopping and even with myself. I bought a lavender coat. I bought a lavender uh, a cashmere sweater. I have it on right now. Oh, I love your sweater. Only certain groups. Oh, I love your, I love your, and that's fine. I bought the pink coat. I noticed that all, I did it on purpose. I bought a pink coat. It's sharp. It's a nice coat. I bought a lavender one too. I got one of those too. I put on a pink coat. People of different other religions other than Caucasian. Oh, I love your coat. I love your coat. I love your coat. But when I have on lavender, they won't say it. I put it to the test. I put it to the test. And I wasn't trying to play games with people. I like both colors. They've always been my favorite colors. But when I started noticing that, you know, I, well, I went shopping and I've gone shopping. I just refuse to settle for that. I buy any color I want to buy. Red, lavender, royal blue, gold, royal green. Those are my favorite colors. Royal blue, royal green, gold, lavender. I've been in business how long? 11 years and the name of my business is Lavender Book Reviews Literacy. That's why I named it that. I'm a very culturalized person. I like to visit different cultures and different places and experience different things, how people live, how they think, how they react and relate with one another in their communities. I love it. And some individuals don't are leery of getting to know other cultures or even individuals, they judge them quickly. But it's something that you can learn from them. And it's something that they can learn from you. There's something for each of us to teach each other and for them to teach us. Even if the religions may be different. 
ethnicities and cultures are different. There's something to learn from each other. There's a reason why God allowed different cultures and ethnicities and races. You think, you think by happenstance he feels he made a mistake? He didn't. None of us are the same. All of our fingerprints are different. We may have the same organs, the same blood flowing through our bodies, the same eyes and ears, and we may have a mouth and hands and legs and feet to walk, but our fingerprints are our blueprints and they're different, every last one of them for every last one of us. That includes with purpose and destiny and anointings. How God tells us to exercise out what he tells us to do are different blueprints. They're different. They're not the same. Different paths that he takes us down are not the same. They're different. When we get to know other people and want to know them and, and accept them for who they are, where they are. We are then interject, interjecting a feeling of them, of them feeling needed in some place to impart into society and into their church communities, into their homes, into their, their, their personal ethnic, ethnic or cultural races and beliefs. They're part of the world. When God created, he knew what he was doing when he created differences. A culture, ethnicity, not differences of attitudes. That's not what I'm talking about. So let's, let's, let's get that correct. I'm talking about differences of ethnicities and cultures and belief and how we, how they relate with one another. Every culture has their way of even relating with one another. Some nod their head when they say hello, some bow. Some raise their head. Lower their head. They don't bow. They just lower their head. Some raise their hand. That's what I meant to say. It makes them feel needed, involved, and then it breaks barriers and invites them in to hear one another and to build common ground. And to receive from one another. And we have to understand that when we're reaching out to other people. That we should be seeing them for who they are. Because actually God doesn't see color. When he's dealing with people. He sees personality and he looks at the heart. He looks at your fruits of the spirit too. He's not looking at your race when he's looking down at all the people on the earth. He's not doing that. He's not. And I want to say to some people today, don't ever become what other people do to you. Just because they're rude to you doesn't mean you need to be rude to them. I know it's hard because I've had to practice and practice over a lot of years. 
Some people can just do some things that are just unreal and unfathom, unfathom, un, unreal and unrealistic and um, an unfathomable. My I'm tongue tied, but I'm not going to stop this recording. Because individuals have to understand that um, I've said this before on one of my podcasts before. They have to understand that when you're recording and when you're on a teaching platform, I want people to see me for who I am. I don't have the time to create a facade or a mask. Like every word that I say is perfect. And I have very perfect writings and authorship and speech. I do. But that doesn't mean that from time to time, I don't have a word where I'm tongue-tied, even though my brain knows the word. The word doesn't want to come off the tongue. We all have had those moments, and I'm not going to stop a recording because of that. People need to see authenticity, sincereness of heart, and sincere altruism. They need to see realness. They need to experience objectiveness and concreteness of mind. As I stated in my podcast the previous week, I'm not going to create a disillusionment for people. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Children are impressionable and learn and absorb most of their world, their world by age five. That's a fact. By age five, according to the milestone chart for infants, toddlers, preschoolers, up to kindergarten. They are very impressionable. Their brain is absorbing for those first five years from day one to age five, all of their surroundings. That's why individuals need to be careful about what they're presenting to them. How awful to make them feel as though they can't choose any color of the rainbow to paint a picture. And if they do, they're being judged because of it. Come on, let's tell the truth. Yes, they are. What was created in the last three to six months, four or five months? Oh, I've seen some stuff that just isn't right. Training them how to operate in prejudice. Children don't know prejudice when they're young. One-year-olds and two-year-olds and three-year-olds, they walk in a room and hug and love on one another. They don't know the difference. They're taught that. And how much more to start using colors oh, to bring such confusion into their developing minds. And that's not including into the minds of those who have not healed from wounds of things that they have experienced. Adults haven't healed. And yet, here we go with colors 
not as a band-aid, but boy, it's almost like pouring hot sauce on a wound. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Galatians 3rd chapter 26 verse. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That means if you love God, you will love your fellow brother and sister. You will. If you love God, you will love others. Because that de that's how God determines if you love him. It's also a scripture that states if you obey him. If you love, it states if you love me, obey me. If you love him, you will obey him. Those that are not obeying, you're not showing that you love God. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. That comes from 1 Peter 3.8. And I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. 1 Corinthians 1.10 And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Galatians 6 chapter 9 verse. I want to stop it right here. I'm going to pause right here. Because some of us who have whew, endured a long fight or a long, a long perseverance. Let's say perseverance. Fight is the wrong word. A long perseverance. God is saying, don't do come weary and you're doing good of exercising unity and united, unitedness. He's stating, he's saying, get to know others. You have some, com you have some communities and individuals uh, who really want to get to know one another, but then you have these little irks and quirks like with those colors recently that just pushed them back again. It's making it worse instead of helping. There has to be a better way. For one, we need to hold on to our humanity for dear life and our humaneness of how we treat each other for dear life. Develop it, revise it, rethink it, believe it, receive it, walk in it. We are humans and we all deserve to be treated with humaneness. If the foot will just say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that will not make it any less a part of the body. 1 Corinthians 12, 15. The scripture is stating, if somebody comes along or even says about themselves, that doesn't belong in the body. Or feeling as though they don't belong. God is saying, in his eyes, that's still not making them any less part of the body. They're part of the group of the whole body of humanity. 
And if you want to get more technical, dealing with church community, they're part of the whole body of the church. There's no one person less than the other because one pastor is on one platform and makes more and another one on another platform makes $500 for the year or $14,000 for the year where that other one makes how much for the year and you want to say that they don't work or they're no better than you. How dare you when they're part of the body and it's doing great work and so you claim you're doing great work. How dare you to put your hands and mouth on them. How dare you? You need to go repent. You're not obeying scripture at this point. Let each of you look not only to his own interests. Come on now. But also to the interests of others. Philippians 2.4. That goes into what I just said. Instead of, you, instead of individuals praying. I talk about this in my first book. You are loved in Christ's unity amongst Christians, which was just revised. It'll be released next week. And a children's book. And two more manuscripts. Between January and April, all those books. The children's book is already done. Illustrator will be working on those illustrations. That's already done. Even when I was younger, I didn't realize it. This is a book, the children's book from 17 years ago. I wasn't younger. I was actually in my 30s, but I was already writing culturalized. But age 11, I wrote my first book called The Shoestring and the Shoe. And it was all about culture and getting to know one another and helping each other. That's what it was about. This has always been in my soul and spirit to teach. From the time I was young, authoring, I was writing young, young. First copyrights in my 20s by editors. We are not to look towards our own interests, but to the interests of others, as Philippians 2nd chapter Four verse states. When we're coming up with ideals and different types of programs and platforms to help others, we have to make sure that we're helping them in all areas, not just as individuals, but as in connection with their communities. Anything that will harm them from connecting with their community and outside of their community shouldn't be used. Anything that will hinder that projective goal should not be used. Individuals make up groups and communities and then there's communities that are different from their community. We have to make sure that every community is respected and uplifted and loved the same as you would want your own community. Respected, uplifted, and loved. And that includes individuals. 
Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And a God of love and peace will be with you. That comes from 2 Corinthians 13, chapter 11, verse. That's what God desires for the human race. And that includes our children. Do you realize when I put my place, myself in a place of a youth and thought about that, I said, whoa. And being that I'm trained in social psychology. And as I said, master of science in it, honors. Honors. And soon the doctorates in social psychology, neuroscience. When I put myself in the place of the youth or the child, I began to realize, whoa, think about how I would feel as an adult, which I felt that way sometimes. I put on a pink coat, you got a whole nother group. I put on a lavender coat. Normally back in the day when I would put on clothes, it didn't matter what ethnic race they were or what color they were, Caucasian to African and in between. If they liked your blouse, they just liked your blouse. If they didn't, they didn't. They didn't dif differentiate. Oh, well, that's pink, so I'm going to say I like it. Oh, well, that's lavender, so I'm going to say I like it. Oh, well, that's turquoise, so I'm going to say I like it. Are you serious? you got to be kidding me. Literally, you've got to be kidding me with what I just witnessed. Almost as if the world was being used as a control stimulus, a neutral stimulus, and a stimulus. Are you serious? Like the whole world was being used as a psychology experiment. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Um, much as I love lavender, I'm going to treat all people with equality and respect. And it's going to start first with dealing with the real root of the problem, which isn't the art of colors, but how we treat one another, whether we're in a body of Christ or out in the world or in other communities or dealing with other cultures. That's what I'm dealing with. I want to deal with that. I don't want to take hot sauce and pour it on an open wound. I don't want to. And I'm not going to my ministry, is it? You are loved in Christ platform ministries. Because I'm about to change it to ministries. It's not going to participate. I took an oath. During my training. Through the American Psychological Association. And I wasn't invited into the Psych Chi Honorary for nothing. And I don't have two Ohio proclamations from Charlita uh, Taveras, one from the Ohio House of Representatives and one from the Senate for nothing. And I had those by age 23. I was 23 by the time I received them. I wasn't 30 and I wasn't 40 and I wasn't going on 50. There are some of us that work hard for social change. We work hard overtime. 
to see the change. This is not a game. My platform is not a game. And I don't want any games coming near it. This is serious work. Whether you want to judge me because I make a certain little amount a year, a whole bunch a year, I could care less. Because in due season, I'm going to reap what I've sowed. That's the word of God. I'm going to reap it all. I've sown great and good seeds. And one day, I won't have to struggle with the spirit of poverty any longer. And that's a fact. And that's going to come soon. And what I'm going to do is not what other people did. Prancing around, prideful. I'm going to give to others, to the sciences, mathematics, literacy, Christian platforms. And the arts, because I took dance. And I ran track, the athletics. Horseback riding. One day I hope to own a horse, horses for thoroughbred so I can help children who are handicapped and adults. I have a handicapped daughter. She's autistic. And nobody's going to talk me out of my destiny. To help God change the world along with in connection with others. Nobody's going to sidetrack me. You can try and won't work. I'm focused. I've been focused all my life. God is my life. He's everything to me. He's my best friend. Brought me out of hell and high water. Over and over. He's brought me out. Even recently, and some would like to try to keep me in, but pray that they don't. Because they would love to have this platform that they tried to steal, but that's another subject. I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that alone because I could mention names, but God doesn't want me to do that. Not on, the, not on this podcast. I'm going to stay on track. I will, I'm an overcomer and a victor right now, and I will continue to be. And my platform will continue to be prosperous and healthy. It's a healthy platform. That's why they want it, because theirs is dying. So they want to try to leech for a new way. But God said, no, I've given you your way. You need to build off of that. Matter of fact, the other day God told me to speak out in the atmosphere. Tell them all. That whatever they were doing before they met you and became, became vindictive and manipulative. To tell them to go back to doing what they were doing before they even knew who you were. You have some people that want to beat your spirit up. Because God has you doing things that they know they should have done on a platform like David C. Forbes. And he never did. He never did. But he haunts you, hunts you like Saul did with David. But God's, God, God's going to take care of that. I'm not worried about it.
colors should not be used for prejudice. And that's what's wrong now. Why would a pastor dislike you for work that you were given, but still turn around and participate in this? He didn't do one podcast, one speech. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or should I say he tries to find out all week what you're going to say and do and then try to get up on a Sunday and speak it. I'll leave that alone. Prophets and uh, apostles that may listen to this message can read between the lines. I'm asking that each of you join You Are Loved in Christ ministries to help others to negate strife and to deal with real issues without interjecting Colors as a psychology tactic. That's what I'm asking at this time. That each of us put ourselves in a position where we are not, where we are not allowing others to use psychology as a tactic. To bring blatant destruction to others. But to only use it if you're trying to help others and show love to others. That's why on my platform on Facebook, you see all colors. You'll just see certain colors here, here, and there. You see all colors. And you will continue to see all colors. You're not going to catch me participating in a psychology illusion, disillusionment. This is not a control group, a stimulus group, a neutral group. It's not. Or a neutral stimulus. It's not. And for those that have participated in this, I ask that you go back and read the American Psychological Association handbook. And your Bible, first and foremost. And confess and go to God and repent and ask him to restore your relationship with individuals, your community, groups. And for those that have positive uh, relationships in those areas, ask God to increase it more with positivity. This is not okay. It's not. It's wrong. God uses my ministry to talk about things that most of them just won't talk about. Don't get mad and upset when I talk about it and you're jealous. Because you just won't open your mouth and talk about things that need to be talked about. I'm cause God is concerned about the heart of the, about the heart of the church and the heart of the people. He is. He is concerned about that. He wants growth throughout the whole body of Christ. And the world. That's what social change is. Individuals link together and they become communities. We have to learn to 
learn from others and respect others. I'm going to Martha's Vineyard and a couple other places in about a week or two to visit. And I can't wait to get to the different islands, especially the one with Canada. And one day I want to visit Jerusalem, Morocco, South Africa, Switzerland, Greece. I love culture. I love different types of food. And I, when young, I was raised in an American Indian culture, African American culture, Caucasian culture, and African culture. That was before I even went to the Methodist or the nuns to be raised at the, at the orphanage and at the Methodist, at the Methodist orphanage beforehand. And yes, mine was called an orphanage. I don't know what yours was called, but mine was called an orphanage. I don't have time to prove that to people. It's written in a proclamation in the Ohio House of Representatives. They have it in their state seal. And they won't type something that's a lie. They won't. This here, these are crucial factors. Please love one another. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John, 1 chapter 9 verse. Repent. Come together. Love all presidents. Love all governors. Love all mayors. Love all leaders. Wish your communities well. Wish those outside of your communities well. Get to know others, other cultures. Create programs, strategies to bring people together better. That's what real social change is. Not trying to keep someone down so you can rise higher. Not stealing from someone, definitely not. Not, not plagiarizing work either. That's not of Christ. It's not of Christ. Take the meat and eat it. No more milk. For some people, it's time for meat. You've been on platform for how long? And you can't eat the meat. God wants the pews to be refilled once more. Un lack of unconditional love drove individuals away from the pews. The church sets the example for the world. I was speaking to a lady of Muslim faith this morning. She asked me what I did. And I told her, I said, well, I podcast, I radio, and I author. She said, on what subjects? And I said, promoting Christianity, social cultural awareness, spiritual formation, essential leadership. She said, well, what exactly does your platform do? I said, my platform teaches communities and individuals how to get along with communities different than their own. She was so impressed. She said, I am so impressed by that. That's so much needed. You are loved in Christ is also a spiritual formation apologetic trademark 
own their services and goods. Like Tijuana L. Candles, the speaker. And it is, it is a trademark used, apologetic trademark for promoting Christianity. To draw others, yes, to Christ, but also to teach communities how to communicate with communities that are different than their own. Because God is not a God who is disrespectful to others in their beliefs. He's not. I've had Muslim friends that I've worked with and they prayed three times a day. I worked third shift and they prayed three times when they would come in in the middle of the night and in the morning. That is no lie. Did, did, did I judge them? No. Do I disrespect them? No. People have to learn to respect other people, their choices and their beliefs. It's a spiritual formation apologetic trademark that teaches communities and individuals how to relate with communities different from their own. It is a must. The clock has already been rewound back some. How much more? You want to rewind the back more? All the work that Dr. Martin Luther King did and Malcolm X did and Dalai Lama did and Mother Teresa Krakota did and uh, you just want to undo it all? Well, I don't. There's a better way. There's a better way. I'm sorry. There's a better way. Yes, you may not agree with everything they said. There were some things. Hey, I looked at too and was like, well, I don't know if I would have. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to say which ones I agree with and what I don't agree with. I'm not going there. I'll just say that we as a people have our thoughts and our differences. And even outside of religion, just dealing with culture and ethnicities and difference of, difference of races and disrespect because people have different traditions, that needs to get under control. And using colors to do it is not going to help. You're making it worse. You're making it worse. It's unfair. You're creating negative, negative um, pretenses for present tense. Subjects, barriers, and problems, and even good things that are already in place. You're creating it. Woo, woo. You're making a mess out of this. It needs to stop. I started to put, I put up on Facebook, I was on sabbatical. God said, no, Tina. He calls me Tina. He also calls me Tijuana. Most time, he says Tina, but my name is Tijuana. My name is blessed. I said that, said that earlier. My name is blessed. He says Tijuana and Tina. He approached me and said, Tina, no, not this morning. You're not going on sabbatical. He said, what's going to happen is you're going to do this podcast. Then you're going to go on sabbatical. Because the truth is, that's why I put the podcast up yesterday. 
The truth is, some individuals, to, I announced it yesterday. I didn't put it up. The podcast, the podcast will be available soon on all podcast platforms in just about 20 minutes. That wasn't even necessary to say, but I'm a realistic person. I am. And I've learned to talk to the audience, not at the audience. There's a difference. When you author, you learn how to talk to the audience, not at the audience. You learn how to build a rapport with the audience and with the platform. It's not a facade that you always have to wear. The perfect dress, the perfect suit, the perfect look. Nobody cares about that at this time. There's so many detrimental things going on. Nobody is um, really looking at that right now. People want to be healed in their souls, their spirits, and their minds. They want deliverances. They want to know, am I needed? Am I loved? Can I connect? Who will receive me? Can my voice be heard? Can my ideals be heard? Not ideals that you took, but your ideals can be heard. Some individuals, like I said, in the last three or six months, and I'm about to say one more time to use the use of the art of colors can be used positively. And lately, I've seen some people use it positively, but then some other individuals, like for instance, at the political rallies, they're fighting one another. Literally, individuals wearing orange, turquoise, or pink were fighting people wearing purple or lavender. Are you serious? You've got to be kidding me. I saw that on the news and social media. It was announced. When it gets to be to that point, there's an issue. If somebody's going to wear a certain color and you just don't like them because they wore that color, you're making it worse by dealing with the color of difference of skin. I'm not going to have impressionable young children who want to pick any color they want for the fun of art. Feel as though they can't pick a certain color. All because individuals want to project a certain thing about colors. That's unfair. It's very unfair. It's very unfair. And it should not be the case. I would like to see individuals come together, talk, mingle, do kind acts, and create strategic programs to bring their communities together. Not sit back and come up with techniques or strategies that pull people more apart. Like what I've seen in the last several months. 
If one color is showing, the other person feels belittled. Are you serious? If their color is showing, they feel empowered. Wow. How pathetic. So, I say this as the speaker and owner of all you are loved in Christ platforms. That you will take into consideration the holistic values of others. Their humaneness. Who they are spiritually, culturally. Their communities, their families, their mind, their soul. You need to take all, we all need to take that into consideration before projecting. Or before implementing. Different strategies in communities. Because some strategies help individuals, some communities, for instance, greet each other differently. Some nod, some bow, some lift their hand up, just right up. Not wave, some wave, but some lift their hand up. Different cultures greet each other differently. How much more and how they relate in their culture and how their differences of cultural beliefs are. Not everybody understands the ministry of colors. And so far, it doesn't seem like it's a ministry. And I don't believe it is. It's not a ministry. I'm sorry it isn't. To me, it's a psychology tactic. It's a psychology strategy. I'm not saying it's being used for negativity. I'm not saying that that was individuals' intentions when they first started. But it's gotten to be a little bit out of hand. It really has. And I, I really want to say a lot out of hand, if you ask me. I say on a scale of 1 to 10, I say a 5 or a 6. A 5 I'm in, in the middle. Like I said, there's individuals who mean well. Then there's other individuals that once they see certain things, they want to make you feel inferior. Well, I'm not going to feel inferior. I don't care what color you put up. I know who I am in God. I know if it was ne if this had never happened with attachment of colors, I know that my ministry can still stand and is strong and there isn't anything that anybody can do about it. With or without a color. That's why you have to know who you are in God. I know who I am in God. And I know how God sees me and what he expects of me. And what he believes about me. And what he desires for me and my anointing and my purpose and my destiny. And my work in all of my platforms. And that's why I'm not confused and I never will be. And that's why I stay close to God of what you should do yourself. And then you won't have these issues of inferiority. In case individuals want to continue the exercise of using colors to intimidate for some odd reason or another. Or to congratulate. Because the truth is, 
Some people use colors to congratulate. And like I said, some people use it for positivity. That's great. But you shouldn't feel inferior because somebody is a congratulating someone. You should be happy for them. And if you feel like it's being used in a negative way, positive or negative, you should know who you are in God. Regardless. Positive or negative, you should know who you are. And you should be one of the people with young people and people who aren't fully healed from being wounded to be the one to come in to intercede and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what you have on. God loves you. I love you. It doesn't matter who thinks you're somebody or not somebody. God believes you are. And I believe you are. And you are welcome in to share your ideas, who you are, and how we can make this better. That is what should be done from all people, leaders who are essential leaders. We should be interceding in that, in that form, in those actions and in that way that I just spoke. Until next week's podcast, you are loved in Christ.